it's a special day today. You guys notice we have some, some uh, elements up here. We're going to talk about that. Today we're going to have the Lord's Supper. And uh, uh, it's, it's a special time. I, I've, been, I've been praying about it. I've been talking to the deacons about you know, having this and, and, um, and doing it here on this first day, the first Sunday of the month. And, uh, and, I, and I was really thinking about it. I was thinking, well, what could we do? We needed to really, I wanted to talk about the Lord's Supper. Do you guys realize that we get into, a lot of times we get into things and we say, well, we just do that because we always have. Uh, this is one of true church ordinances that we have. The first one is, is baptism. And, and what happened last Sunday? We had seven young people get baptized. I say, praise the Lord. That should make you guys excited, by the way. That should really make you excited. Because when we see that, we're seeing people that are taking the next step of faith. They're stepping out in faith and saying, I am going to continue to walk forward in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he's coming to my life. He saved me. I think I could just preach right there all day. And, you know, but he come into me and he saved me. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to step out. I'm going to get in front of this church body. And I'm going to go and I'm going to get baptized. And we got to see that last Sunday. What a blessing. And then this Sunday, we get to happen to do the, the second thing, which is communion. Communion's not for everyone, or the Lord's Supper. It's not for everybody. Do you guys realize that? We're going to go back, and we're going to look at why we're doing this. We're going to look at, uh, do, do I need to prepare myself for this? Is there something I should do? Should I just go over? Is it just... Um, some bread and, 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 and some, some juice and, and throw the bread down, drink the juice. Hey, it's great. Have communion. Go on. Is that the whole thing? It's so much more. It's so much more than that. Uh, I want to give you a little something before we even go into it. And I read the scripture. So, so Paul is written, written to the church at Corinth. And he says, listen, he's actually kind of reprimanding him, kind of coming into this. And, and, and this became kind of a social thing. They come in there, they're coming in and they're, they're sitting down and they're, they're really eating and they're drinking and they're losing the whole meaning of why we do what we're going to do here today. And so we need to be careful about this. And I'm going to talk about four different points as we go into this. Let me read some scripture to you. Our scripture today is going to be out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So if you've got a Bible with you, I'd appreciate you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 on it. Brother, I love the song Born Again. Makes me think back. I was seven years old. I actually was at church and I seen my mom get baptized. And, and that made me think. I looked at my dad. I said, Dad, why is mom up there getting baptized? And he said, well, it's because she's trusted Christ as her Savior and she's following in baptism. And I thought, wow. That's what started me on my course. To look into it and say, well... My mom did this. Is this, is there, what about me? And I started searching and found out that, listen, I needed Jesus Christ. So I love songs like that. It makes me think back to when God came into my life and changed me. And by the way, God's still changing me. I, can, I tell you, you guys will hear me say it a lot. Every time I look in the mirror, I gauge myself. I look in the mirror, brother, I look in, I go to start shaving my face. And, you know, I, I keep on seeing me. My goal one day is to start shaving Jesus' face because that's who I want to see. That's who I'm supposed to Do you guys know what a Christian is? To be Christ-like. 
And that's what we need to be. So in Scripture, we'll go ahead and uh, in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to start reading in verse 23. It says, For I received, this is Paul talking, it says, For I received from the Lord that which also was delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night of which he uh, was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, uh, uh, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, and after, uh, and after supper, he said, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, remember to me, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of the bread and you drink of the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in doing so, eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment unto himself, and if, he, and if he has not judged the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. When he says sleep, he's talking death. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we will not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So let's pray real fast. Let's pray and then we'll get into the message here. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, Lord, I pray that right now that you open up every single heart that's in this building. That you, that you just open them up and that you say that, listen... Uh, I, I, need you, I need them to hear this, Lord, because I know that you gave this to me for them. And I know you gave it to me for me. Lord, I pray that you would just move in a, in a great way today in this church and in this people. And that you would show us what it means to do the, have the Lord's Supper. Lord, I love you. I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So when we look at this, the first thing I want you to understand, and when we read in this, in 1 Corinthians, verse 24, it says, When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you notice, I haven't asked anybody to come forward and grab the elements and pass them out. Uh, what I want you guys to do is I want to I go through and I'm going to preach about what, what, what happens in this when we take communion. And, and about how we prepare ourselves and how we look. Uh, the first part it says, it says, he says, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Before we take communion, the first thing we have to understand is Jesus Christ. Do you guys realize there was a price that he paid? He paid a price on the cross that I can never pay. The Bible says that there's no Forgiving of sins without the remission of blood. So when we go back in the, in the law, they would, they would sacrifice. And they would sacrifice animals. And, and once a year, they would sacrifice the animal for all Israel. And that would forgive the sins for that past year. But Jesus Christ, first of all, he never sinned. I would love... To stand up here in front of you this morning and say, hey, I have never sinned. 
That would be a sin right there. I'm a sinful person. It's weird to hear your pastor up here saying he's a sinful person, isn't he? You know, I, I try to die to myself all the time because I've realized my worst enemy in the life is me. I get in my way constantly. But Christ died on the cross for my sins. And he says, listen, if you're going to take these elements, if you're going to take this bread, and you're going to take this, this juice, he goes, you've got to understand, first of all, there was a price that was paid. There's a price to pay. It's a sober time. I, I, I said right at the beginning, I said the Corinthians would get together and almost be a party. That they're getting together and they were losing the meaning. And Paul says, listen, no. That's not what this is about. This is about a time that we think back. When I think of the cross, I've I got to be honest, inside I smile to know that, that my, my Savior paid it all. But I also know that, that, that his... The Bible says that his flesh was marred beyond recognition. You couldn't even tell he was a man. The scourging that he took was worse than most people. Most people died from the scourging. He would take the whip. They had a whip, and, they, and it was like a cat of nine tails. And in those end of those whips were pieces of glass and shards of pottery. And when they come over, it would wrap around, and when they pull, it would remove flesh. He did that for my sins and yours. Not only that, he went all the way up to the cross. And he allowed himself to get nailed to the cross and shed his blood for me. His flesh was marred for me. His blood was spilled for me and you. So when I'm thinking this, and I'm taking this bread, and I'm thinking about his flesh and, and this juice, and I'm thinking about his blood, i got to realize what the price of that was. I always hear people and say, well, it was the Jews that put Christ on the cross. Then I hear other people say, no, it's the Gentiles, because it was the Gentile court that, that, that put him there. And you know who it was? It was me. It was my sinful nature and yours that put Christ on the cross. That's what put Christ on the cross was our sin. It was atonement once and for all. Jesus said that he died for the entire world. Does that mean the entire world goes to heaven? No. They have to accept him. So when I say it's a time of remembrance... It's also a time of reflection... On one Savior. My salvation. I, I told you a second ago. Let me read a verse to you. It says. It's in verse 27 through 29. It says. Therefore whoever eats this bread. Or drinks of the cup of the Lord. In an unworthy manner. Should be guilty. Of the body and the blood of the Lord. A man must examine himself. And so doing. He is to eat the bread. And drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks. Drinks judgment unto himself. And one salvation. I told you at the very beginning before we even started this. I said this, this Lord's Supper is not for everybody. When we do a pitch in back in the kitchen and we invite the community. Who's that for? That's for everybody. 
This is for the believer. So I need to check my salvation. Am I in Christ? Am I playing church? Or do I actually have a relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? My brother played a song and said, Am I born again? That's who this is for. This is for the believer. So, so let me ask you, or actually let me tell you, I guess, on this, because it's kind of hard to have this conversation back and forth. But uh, who, is, who is allowed to have this? Who do we encourage to have this? There's a few different ways. There's some churches that practice what's called a closed communion. Okay, that means that people only of that church are allowed to, to be a part of it. Okay, to be able to take of the juice and take of the, the bread. Then there's an open communion, which is anybody can take on it. Uh, I fall more under what's called a controlled communion. If you're with us from another church, and you're in Jesus Christ, you're welcome to have communion with us. The reason why I have a hard time with just to open everybody, because then it becomes something where that I don't want, if you or do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, please let the cup and the bread pass in front of you. Because I do not want you bringing judgment onto yourself. The bright side about that is, is we can take care of that here this Sunday. You can believe on Jesus Christ. Become a brother and sister in Christ. And then you are more than welcome to have communion with us. But this is only for the believer. I also have to look at my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you that I am a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. I have trusted him as my Savior. I trusted him as my Savior when I was seven years old. And I am so thankful. It was the best decision I ever made in my life. So that means I'm good to go, right? You know, I have to also examine myself. I like to talk about my earthly father. Uh, my, my wife makes fun of me sometimes because she'll, she'll, she doesn't even ask anymore how often I talk to my dad. I talk to my dad probably once or twice every day, it seems like. She just rolled her eyes. See, I see it from up here. And... Uh, and, but I do, I talk to my dad. Do you know when, when my dad and I have problems with each other, we don't talk as much. Our fellowship isn't as close as it should be. So one of the things as the believer is, is we, one of the things that, that, that separates me from my father is when we have problems. Sever, what separates me from my godly father is sin. So as, as sin has entered my life, I haven't lost my salvation, don't hear that. But I have broken a close fellowship. When we have the Lord's Supper, this is a chance for me to search myself and look at it. I need to look for it. In Psalms um, 139, 23 and 24, David is, is, is singing this. He says, he says, search me, O God, know my heart, try me, and know my thoughts, 
and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You know, we're supposed to ask God, ask the Holy Spirit. When you trust that Christ is your Savior, the Holy Spirit came and dwelled with inside you and is dwelling with inside you. And you, and you go over and you say, the Holy Spirit, search me. Search me, O God, and show me things, Lord, that, that I've allowed to come into my life that separates me from you. It can be as something as little as your cell phone. If you're spending more time on Facebook on your phone and less time with God, that is separating your close fellowship. It can also be a relationship with your spouse or with your kids, any of those kind of things onto it. I am kind of a compulsive person. My wife knows this. And, and I'll get into something. I'll invest into it. I'll invest a lot of times. Video games. Yes, I'm 47. I still like a good video game. But my problem is I can't play it for two minutes. Once I start, I got a commitment going on here now. You know, there's, there's things that have to happen. And what I found is recently in my life that, that I was taking time away from God and I was playing during a video game. And you know what I did? I offered that up to God, and I said, God, you know what? You're more important. Does it mean God doesn't want you to play video games? Thank God he does not. It's fine. Whew. I can still do them, but they can't be the thing that rules my life. And it could be anything. It could be your job. It could be a TV show. It could be the internet or things on the internet. All these things. So I'm supposed to do that. So it's a time of reflection on it. I'm going to ask the Lord to bring up any kind of unconfessed sin that's in my life. And I'm going to take that sin. And the next thing I'm going to do is it's going to be a time of reconciliation. Here's the best thing. God said that he will never leave you or forsake you. I don't know what that means to you. But for me, that is an incredible thing. Because you know what? I would have gave up on me a long time ago. When the Holy Spirit brings these things up to me, it, it's my duty now to go with it and give it to God. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he's going to hammer you down and hold you. No. He says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We've talked a lot about forgiveness the last several weeks. And, and you might look in and say, Brother Jeff, why do you keep on talking about forgiveness? Because we're not very good at forgiving. And when I say we, I say me too. I'm right in that same boat. But God says, listen. He says, listen, if you confess that sin to me, not only am I going to forgive you, I'm going to cleanse it like it was never there. Do you realize when I get to heaven, I get to be in front of my God the Father. I always laugh when people say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to tell God this. No, you're not. I have a feeling I'm going to be a lot like Isaiah. I'm going to fall down on the ground like I'm dead and say, forgive. Don't, I can't even speak to you because my lips are unclean. But when I get to heaven, God's not going to see my righteousness. He's going to see an imputed righteousness. He's going to see the righteousness of Christ because I've said, yes, Lord. I get a chance 
to bring these things that the Holy Spirit has done in my life, these things that have separated me, all these different things, I get a chance to give them to God. When we pass out the elements, we're going to have a time of just silence. There'll be some music on the piano that's going to get played. It's not a time to look around. It's not a time to to joke around or anything like that. It's a time of looking internal. And then what comes up, what the Holy Spirit brings up into you, it's a time to, to give that to God, to confess those things to Him. And when we do that, we're writing that, that, that fellowship with God. We're drawing back near to God that's going to happen in that. We're getting rid of the sins that have prevented that close fellowship. And here's my favorite part. It's a time of recommitment. It's a time of recommitment. We can take our lives and we can recommit them to God. It's a time that we can take that line, draw it in the sand and say, God, thank you for forgiving me. Let me give you myself back. I'm sorry, when I read in my Bible, I don't read a lot about retiring from God or anything else like this. I do see a lot about refiring. God might move you into different ministries, but our job never stays or never changes. We're always supposed to tell people about Jesus Christ until the day we die. Doesn't matter how big the church is, how many people are coming. You know, there's always room. We, my wife and I, we've got to go to Haiti. My wife's been there several times, and they have these little cabs that go around. They call them tap taps. And the joke about a tap tap is how many people can you get into a tap tap? One more. And 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 you always get in mind. So how many people can we get in this church? One more, right? We're going to be like the tap-tap of Crothersville. We just want more people to come and more people to come. Listen, God's put you in all different places. He's put you in, he's put you in work. He's put you in ministries. He's put you in different places, and it's all for one reason. To make much of Jesus Christ. In Psalms 51.10, it says, Create in me... A clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence or take, me from, take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach the, the transgressors your ways and the sinners will be converted to you. I love that. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. I want you to, as each one of you in this room, I want you to think back to the day that God came into your life and he changed yours. My brother was just up here. I never tell anybody what to play. I always love it because I, because you do realize he's got the same Holy Spirit in him that I do in me. And I always love that. And, and he was just talking about the, the time where he's had a problem with drugs and drugs controlled his life and he couldn't break those chains that bound him and there's one person that could and that was Jesus and he came into his life and he said he's never been the same I want you to think back to the joy that came into your life some of you cried some of you just sit there and smiled some of you laughed but I want you to think back to the joy you had that when we recommit our life when we when we do this 
We should be like David and said, return to me the joy of my salvation. Listen, I've heard people say when you're excited for the Lord, there's like they'll get over that. I hope I never get over it. Matter of fact, here's the cool thing. The longer I've been in the Christ, listen, when I trusted Christ as my Savior, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know exactly what I was getting into. I know that, that I didn't have a relationship with him. I knew there was a penalty for sin. And I knew that if I trusted Christ as my Savior, that he would come into me and he would save me and make me his. That's all I knew. That's all I knew. But what I found out since then in my walk, all those years since I was seven, the last 40 years, what I found out is that he will never leave me nor forsake me. He puts me in situations to glorify his name. If anything, I should be more joyful now than what I was when I trusted Christ as my Savior. If you're not joyful in Christ, ask Him to restore that joy unto you. You know the cool thing about the Bible? I'm reading a book right now. Do you realize that book is dead? I'm Not the Bible, by the way. Don't hear that. I'm reading a book right now, it's dead. You know, I've read it once before, I'm reading it a second time, and you know everything I know what's going to happen, because it doesn't change. But my Bible, on the other hand, is a living book. The Holy Spirit, which dwells within me and in you, when he reads it, he brings something. How many times have you read your Bible and something comes up and you're like, God, wouldn't you put that in there? I've never seen that before. I've read that chapter 15 times, but I've never seen that. Because the book's alive. It's alive. It's a time for recommitment. It's a time for us to take our lives and say, yes, Jesus. We, FBC Crothersville, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity right here, right today, to say that, listen, whatever's happened in the past, Lord, I'm going to offer it up unto you. Lord, these things that have been bound in my life, that's been holding me down, I'm going to offer those up to you. Church, we have an opportunity to recommit our lives to Christ. We have a chance to recommit our walk to Christ. We have a chance to recommit our actions to Christ today. When we take the supper, we're going to take it here in a few minutes. What an opportunity. How many of you guys want a little bit more joy in your life? No one? I do. This is where it comes. This is your opportunity as a believer in Jesus Christ. This is where your opportunity comes. To recommit. To say yes, Jesus. At the end of service, I like to tell you to go be the church. Be the person that you think Jesus wants you to be. Because when I read my Bible, everybody wanted to be around Christ. Everybody want to be around you? Maybe we got a few things to offer up, don't we? Just renew our commitment. You go ahead and come up to the piano.
I'm going to go ahead and ask the deacons to go ahead and come forward. People are doing the Lord's Supper. When they pass this out, she's going to start playing. I'm going to pray for it before we, before we do this. But when she's going to start praying, they're going to offer, they're going to pass that out. I do not want you to, to eat the, the bread yet, and I do not want you to drink it yet. We're going to do that as a congregation, okay? But what I want you to do is when you get it, I want you to just, to, like I said, be a sober time on it as well. So guys, go ahead and come forward here real fast, and then I'm going to go ahead and pray. I'll let you guys get things ready. Heavenly Father, as you're preparing our hearts right now, even as I speak, Lord, I pray that you would take this Holy Communion and that you would just bring the things up in our lives that we need to offer up to you. If there's sin in each of our lives as we take this, I pray that you would just take those, Lord. Bring them to us and let us confess them. Lord, I love you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for every, peop- every person that you have here. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, go ahead and...
you guys should have had a, a little bit of a time of reflection and where we've searched ourselves and then we've offered this up. And then we, I want to read from, from Scripture what it says. In verse 24, it says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as, a, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. If you want to just take those cups, if you just slide them down underneath the uh, chair in front. And then we'll pick them up after. I want you guys to know something. My family and I, we absolutely love you people. And, and our heart is, is to see this church do fantastic things for Jesus Christ. As, as you guys have taken this cup and you've taken this bread and you've, and you've recommitted your lives, I want you guys to remember that as we go on and think, yes, Jesus. And I'm going to be praying that the Holy Spirit's going to do something in each one of your guys' lives, and he's going to put people in your place, and he's going to put in someone in there in your life that either needs to recommit their life for Jesus, they're out of church, they're not serving God, that they're going to put them in your life, and, they're going to, and you're going to say, yes, Jesus, and tell them. Some of you might be in here, and maybe you didn't take the bread, and you didn't take the cup because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know that right now is the time that you say, yes, Jesus. I'm going to be right over here, and if you come over here, I would love to tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'd like to show you, not from my words, but from the Bible, where you can know that He could be yours. That He can come into you and do a life-changing event that you'll never have in your life again. You'll never have anything that will surpass it. I'll tell you how heaven could be your home. I love you. Time is in his hand. 
beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The Godhead three in one, Father, Spirit, Son, Lion and the Lamb, Lion and the Lamb. How great our God! How great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. He's a name above all names, worthy of all praise. My heart will sing. How great is our God How great is our God Sing with me how great is our God All will see how great How great is our God Then my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. And sings my soul, my Savior God. How great thou art, how great thou art, how great our God, sing with me how great our God, all will see how great, how great our God. Wonderful, wonderful day in the Lord, isn't it? Amen. I hope all hearts are clear. I hope that, that, that I, I really pray that the Holy Spirit has worked in each one of your guys' hearts. And that he's brought things up and it, that you've restored that right fellowship with God the Father. What an opportunity to be able to come over and go up to your Heavenly Father and know that if you confess it, that He's able, not only able, but He's willing, and He will forgive you and cleanse you from it. Church, what an opportunity God has given us in this community. What an opportunity has He given us with these facilities. As you guys leave... Please take some cards that are out there. Use them as personal invitations for people. People that are visiting, thank you so much for coming and visiting with us. We love you and thank you. If you don't have a home, we'd love for this to be your home. God bless you guys. Go be the church. Amen. Some
Ah. Uh -huh.